Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 50 of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I interview the gift buyer at Camino Commons Marketplace. Please welcome Christy Santaford. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. And guys, I just want to take a two seconds and say we did it. We are at episode 50 of the Camino Voice. So we are at a pretty big milestone. I didn't know if we would make it here that quickly. Um, <laughs> I was hoping. Um, but uh, anyways, I know I've got some people out there that listen to this, so that's exciting. And I just want to say thank you, guys. Um, it's pretty exciting for me to be able to do episode 50. And uh, I really wanted to figure out a special guest for this episode because, you know, it is kind of a, a small milestone. And uh, so I was trying to figure out, okay, who is a person that I could interview that has meant a lot to me and our business and, and just someone that really stood out to me. And I couldn't think of someone better than Christy Santerford. So she has been our gift buyer for the marketplace. Um, but before that, she actually started with a coffee roaster company, um, Camino Island Coffee Roasters. She started as a roaster there. Um, and she and her husband, Glenn, uh, Glenn actually used to be our master roaster for a while there too. So, um, lots of connections with their family, but they actually lived, uh, down the road of where the coffee roaster started. Um, so when she started working there, we were still living above their house and that's, we were basically roasting coffee out of our barn or rather my dad was. And, um, so anyways, they, uh, she just had to drive up the road to, uh, go to work. So anyways, um, it was really fun talking to Christy because, uh, you know, I talked to her on a regular basis about work, but I don't know all of the history of how she got to where she is now. Um, plus she's obviously had an extensive background in gift buying, but I never knew any of what that was. So, um, I had a great conversation with her, um, so anyways, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Christy Sandiford. Hey, Islanders, it's Brandon with Camino Voice. And today I'm here with the gift buyer at Camino Commons Marketplace. Welcome to the podcast, Christy Sandiford. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this podcast because I've worked with you for many years and known you for even longer, um, but I haven't actually like interviewed and sat down and kind of heard your whole story. So uh, before we get started with everything, tell us a little, little bit about Christy. Well, you want to know where I grew up? Yeah. All right. I grew up in Arlington, Washington, not too far from here. Mm. And I um, had a lot of things in my childhood, campfire, church, the normal stuff, and had a mom and dad and a sister, um, then, then uh, moved to Marysville, graduated from high school there not too far away from Arlington. So I've been around here all my life. And then I um, married my, um, what I guess you'd call him almost my childhood sweetheart because I met him in high school 
And he's from Snohomish, and Marysville and Snohomish had quite the rivalry, but that was okay. I got teased a lot for marrying a Snohomish boy. <laughs> so then we had two sons, um, Matt and CJ, and we spent uh, 20 years raising our sons in Marysville, at which time I, um, after my kids were old enough, after they started in like middle school, I went to work part-time at a little gift shop in Marysville on 3rd Street. And from then, uh, there on, after that, I went to work for a gift manufacturer where I traveled and did the gift shows twice a year throughout the United States. And uh, we had a, um, a production, kind of a, uh, it was a cottage industry uh, gift manufacturing uh, company called Hearts and Flowers. And... It um, was a lot of women and a lot of women that were moms. And the owner, um, she just wanted to have something that moms could stay home with their kids and uh, make a wage, a living wage for her, the kids. And then, and then, um, so she did cottage industry. And, okay. And then we we sold it nationwide. And so I would go to all the gift shows and I would sell the products and I would also look for new ideas for new products. And then I would purchase a lot of the items too while I was looking at the gift shows. So I traveled for about 10 years. Okay. <clears throat> so going back to um, childhood then, uh, so you said you lived in Arlington. What, what, uh, what was it that made your, your family move from Arlington to Marysville? Well, my mom and dad wanted a new house. Okay. And they couldn't find one in Arlington. There wasn't a lot of builders, so they were looking for a brand new house. They wanted a Rambler, and so they found one in Marysville, and they moved. Okay. And with my heels ground into the ground, so that because I didn't want to go and leave my friends. I was in the seventh grade. It's very oh, traumatic yeah. for a teenager to be uprooted from all of her friends and then go live in a new town. So Yeah. How did, um, what was, what was your parents' careers? My mom was actually a bookkeeper from the time she was out of high school until she retired at Arlington Hardware. Okay. So she kept the books for them and my dad was a mechanic. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, so since you touched on it, when, how did you end up meeting uh, your husband, Glenn? Uh, well, at a basketball game in Marysville. Was this uh, a big rivalry game then? It was a very big rivalry <laughs> game, yes. Yes. In fact, um, his cousin and I were, were really good friends, um, and she introduced me. And then um, they, um, so after that, I, I happened to be her maid of honor at uh, her wedding. And Glenn came from boot camp, and then we started dating after that. And so then we got married. Very cool. Been married for 48 years. Oh, so. congratulations. So then, um, so you said, so during the time that your kids were at home then, were you doing homeschooling or were you, were they going to public or? Oh, no, they went to Marysville. Okay. Yes, because I, uh, I, I did do a lot of like little home jobs, babysitting other people's kids when my kids were little so mm -hmm. I could stay home and do a little extra house cleaning for some people so I have a little extra income. But, but mainly um, 
I stayed home with the boys and was there and room mother and all that sort of stuff at their schools and did all sorts of things like that for them. You know, was Sunday school teacher, all that, you know, those sort of things that I, I did with the kids. So Yeah. Yeah, there's there's never an end of things to do as a mother. And, and they were involved in every seasonal sport. So <laughs> there was always taking and making sure they got to sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then um, you said you got started at a gift shop in Marysville. Is that one still around? And what's its name? It's not there anymore. It's, okay. It was called Nature's Cash. Okay. And uh, at Nature's Cash, um, there were baskets and back in the day there was macrame there was silk flowers there was painting and stenciling and different things like that and and I would um make flower arrangements I'd have classes on people coming they'd take and buy the items and then we'd make a flower arrangement or we would have painting classes and then they would buy the wood item and they'd buy the paints and we'd do stenciling classes so there was all so I did a lot of that okay um, were you just one of the cashiers there? Were yes. You, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Was it a pretty busy little shop? Yes, it was very busy. Nice. It was really the only place around at the time uh, to get supplies like that. There was no place in Arlington or um, I think there was Ben Franklin up in, in Lake Stevens. But other than that, that was the only place around to you know, get little specialty items like that and have little classes. So it was, it was really fun. Oh, okay. Did, um, do you know when they shut down? Uh, well, I can't remember. Sometime in, right around in the 2000s, mm. I don't know, like 2004 or something, the gal actually retired. Oh, okay. So, that owned it. So, she, it. she retired and, and it wasn't because, you know, it could have kept going if somebody would have wanted to buy it, but she retired. Got it. Okay. Um, okay, and then you said you started working with the gift manufacturer uh, with Hearts and Flowers. Um, how did you get connected with them? Well, uh, Diane, uh, her last name is Santa Ford, same as mine. Really? Uh-huh. No relation? Yeah, she was a relation. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was my husband's cousin's wife. Okay. And she was an artist, and she used to uh, do um, big, huge paintings, and then... One day she just decided she wanted to do something little with porcelain and uh, have a little saying on it, and it was a heart, and it had little dried flowers on it where the name came, Hearts and Flowers. Okay. And it was something that was needed, and it fit in a lot of the Hallmarks. We had a lot of, when Hallmarks were a big, huge chain, we had a lot of the Hallmark stores, mom and pop shops that did these, ordered these hearts with these little dried flowers and sayings on them. And they were shipped out all over the United States. So Okay. Yeah. So when you did the gift shows with them, you were out there manning the booth and selling your product to the gift buyers and stuff like that then? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We had quite a few big reps that uh, were on the East Coast more so than the West Coast, but big companies from Atlanta and New York and such that would man and uh, or let us have all these... Um, well, I wouldn't, let's see, I'm, I'm losing my words here for, for, it was a booth and then we could sell to all the people that would come in, like the Hallmark stores or the mm-hmm. mom and pop shops, they would order our, our little packets of hearts and then they'd take them and put them in their shops. Okay. So, so then you said <clears throat> when you were at the gift shows and stuff, you would also do 
kind of some recon and, and find other gifts and stuff that were similar. So did you guys, you guys start with the hearts and flowers. Did you guys then expand and continue to yes, create items? Yes, we evolved. Items? We okay. evolved from, from hearts, and then we went to um, these little things we called block buddies that were little square blocks that we made them look like little different kind of people. Some were, some were Santa, <laughs> some were snowman, some were scarecrows, some were angels. And, and mainly those, those little things, when they evolved, they all had little sayings on them. Okay. They ha- held something. And then we had uh, stand-up angels. And then we made um, porcelain, solid porcelain hearts that had decals and sayings on them. And okay. we made shells and, and lampshades and all sorts of things. Okay. After that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then you said, <clears throat> what did you guys have like a manufacturing plant? Or you, you mentioned something about the cottage industry. Were you guys doing, um, yeah, was it more plants or was it more home-based? Well, no, we had an actual facility, a warehouse. Okay. And the uh, we would get the components together. And we used um, a lot of, uh, we had stacks and stacks. If you went into the, the warehouse, you would have swore that we were um, selling Alfie's Pizza because we used the Alfie's Pizza boxes to line up all the porcelain pieces because they fit in there just perfectly. <laughs> and then all the components fit in there. And then they would put them together. They would take them out in stacks and then they would put the items together and then bring them back in those boxes. And then we would put them in the gift boxes back in the warehouse. But this kept, I mean, the moms could take them home. Mm-hmm. They take home maybe, you know, 10 boxes of items, and then they would bring them back. And we had them all, you know, how many, it was piecemeal. So, but it was all time tested. And so they got a fair wage for it. But if the baby was crying or something Mm -hmm. like that, they could leave what they were doing, or they could do it at night after they put their kids down. And it wasn't anything that they had to, you know, set for eight hours a day. They could just do it. And they had a time, they had to bring them back in a week. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's was, very cool. It, so it was all figured out that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really neat. I, I um I don't feel like I've seen many businesses, you know, to, in today's age that that really do that or have that capability. Um but I think that's an excellent way for um either stay-at-home moms um that maybe their their kids young enough that they're still able to do something or um, if they're a single mom having something that they can do on the side to help bring in additional income. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's what it was kind of set up for. And yeah. then as it evolved and we got bigger, then some of, and as it, the time went on, some of those moms stayed with the company and came into the warehouse then because their kids were either in school or older. Mm-hmm. And they came in and then they worked inside <clears throat> because we had kilns that we had to have people unloading the kilns and, and, you know, putting all the items in gift boxes. And then when the porcelain started, then we had to have people we called decalers and, and you know, uh, people that would take care of all the fine-tuning of everything and getting them back in the kiln to fire the decals on and, and whatever. And we had people that had to put hair with hot glue guns on all these little block buddy things that we made. So... <laughs> So there was a lot of burns on your fingers <laughs> from getting the hair with the hot glue in those days. Yeah, it wasn't it was all hands on. It was nothing, nothing that was um, that was manufactured. We all put it put it together. Wow, that's yeah. very cool. And so. were 
when you got started with them, were you just starting as, um, like, did you get started when you still had kids in the house? So you were just kind of on the side as one of the um, homemakers or cottage? Well, I I had been working at Nature's Cash. Mm-hmm. And when, and then I was just kind of doing the cottage industry. And then I decided that when, when Diane said, I need somebody to travel. And I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, I'll, I'll do that and, and purchase. Because I, she saw that I was good with numbers and, you know, figuring things out with numbers and how the quantities and things we would need. So she asked if I'd be interested. Well, I couldn't do both. I couldn't work at Nature's Cash. And so I had to leave Nature's Cash, which I really didn't want, you know. Yeah. I had a lot of customers there that I loved and stuff. So it was hard. But I wanted the opportunity to travel. And because um, before, before I met Glenn, my whole dream was I was going to be an airline stewardess. So I thought, oh, I can travel. This will be fun. <laughs> Little did I know that when you travel and go to gift shows, that it isn't all that glamorous <laughs> when you are in a ho- hotel room by yourself sometimes and nobody around and you go down and you eat dinner sometimes by yourself. And then you have to stand in a showroom and sell products or set things up or bring stuff with you or whatever, you know, from across the country. So it's not all that glamorous. Airports are not all that glamorous. So, Uh, yeah, no, I've done um, very few, but I've done a couple trade shows and stuff like that where, um, you know, you have to get there, you're setting up and just like a 14 hour day on your feet, talking to one person after the next, by the end of the day, or for me, it's like partway through the day, I'm like, I hope no one comes to my booth. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it got to be like that. Yes. Oh. And then and then if you could had to tell them that, "Oh, sorry, we're sold out now." That was that was even even more so. Well, we only have these to pick from because we've already I've been told we've already gone through this much. I can't get it to you immediately. Well, that that was a hardship sometimes, but <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I learned a lot. And um, it was it was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. How long were you working with Hearts and Flowers then? I was working with them for probably twelve years. Wow. Okay. So you were with them a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where did you go after Hearts and Flowers then? I came to work for Camino Island Coffee Roasters. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Were you still working with Hearts and Flowers when you got brought on, or? I was, I was. Oh, okay. I, yes. Yeah. When, when I um, uh, went to Art by the Bay uh, one year mm-hmm. and I was uh, looking at, you know, the different booths and we were doing some taste testing for coffee. And then your dad, Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, he handed me a card and I looked at his card and it said Telecom. And I said, Telecom, wait. That's right above where we live. And so we got to talking. So uh, when we got to talking, then that led to one thing and another. And I, and he was telling me that he roasted coffee and that he, we might smell that, him roasting coffee. And I said, oh, that's what I smell when I'm out in the backyard <laughs> sometimes because it smelled like something was cooking and I could never figure it out. And I was back mm-hmm. on the yard, you know, doing gardening and such. So, yeah. Okay, so. so you guys met there then, and so you were still working at Hearts and Flowers. What? How did the? How did you eventually join up with the Camino Island Coffee team then? 
Well, I got to think, I went home and I got to thinking about it and I talked to um, my husband, Glenn, and I said, I wonder if they're hiring. Because um, at that time, I just thought I'd been traveling back and forth for five years um, to Marysville mm-hmm. after leaving, you know, Marysville and moving to Camano. And I hadn't really had a connection with anybody on Camano Island. Okay. I really wanted to have a connection with people on Camano. We still went to church in Marysville. Family was still in Marysville, and I worked there, but I lived on Camano Island. So that's when I went over to up up the hill and down the street to the coffee roaster and asked if, you know, it was a possibility there'd be any hiring. So, and your dad looked at me like I was... Because he he asked me what I did and I told him and he, and I said but but I do cook I do I do cook so you know I could always learn and, and so anyway he says well I can't give you full time I said that's all right I said I've talked to my husband I said it'd be a nice change I'd like to you know to have my relationships grow on Camino mm-hmm. rather than you know stay in in Marysville so. Yeah. Anyhow. So at this time, was Glenn still working? Yes. He, okay. wor- he worked for the post office. Okay. He was the postmaster at, at uh, a Clear Lake post office at the time. So okay. So he was working. Got it. Um, what was the state of Camano Island Coffee when you were, um, when you joined up? Like, were, had we moved from the one-pound roasters at that point? Yes. That Well, the specialty coffees... Mm-hmm. Um, one day they needed some Hawaiian and it was a specialty coffee and they said, well, you need to roast on the Sid and Jerry. And I said, well, what is a Sid and Jerry? <laughs> and they showed me and it was the little one pound roaster, but oh, okay. the, the green roaster, the, yeah. the bigger roaster had just arrived when I started working there. Okay. So, so that was something that. I was asked if I wanted to start roasting coffee. Okay. So so I did. Okay. I learned. <laughs> so you started with roasting coffee, mm-hmm. um, and then you were working just part-time in the beginning then? I was. I worked, um, I think, three days a week. Okay. For like six hours a day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how many people were on the team at that point? Well, there was your dad and Dan. Mm-hmm. And Yvonne and myself, and then uh, I think there was an accountant at the yeah, time. I think Kathy was still Kathy. With us. Yeah, yeah, I think Kathy. Kathy was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, <clears throat> so you started roast coffee. Um, how did it kind of evolve from there then? Well, I roasted coffee, and then I helped some with the packing of coffee, and. You, out in the front part of the little barn, there was a few retail items. And so your your dad one day, he there was somebody in there, and they were buying um, some retail cups and mm-hmm. coffee, and he had a couple of thermoses and different things. I can't even remember if he had beans or what. Anyway, um, they wanted it in a gift bag or box, a basket, and there was some baskets there your dad was putting things together and I said well maybe if you just and I hadn't been there very long but I said maybe if you just do that this way and so (laughs) so then then he just looked at me and he said well you just try it so I did it and he said okay I'm done that's what he said (laughs) 
<laughs> to me. So he said, this is part of your new job. But So that's how the, the retail part, he'd had, you know, things that had branded Camino Island Coffee mm-hmm. on them, but then um, he started asking different things, and I told him that I knew of a few gift manufacturers because that's where I'd come from, and, yeah. and I knew of some packaging people, so... So that's how kind of that little bit of it started. Okay. Did you help getting, like, sourcing the <clears throat> the coffee lotion and the different things, coffee items that he was bringing in? Not the beans. Okay. That was never, I was never part of the beans. I, I did help with the lotion, mm-hmm. and I did help with, um, the, like, some of the mugs. Yeah. And um, the eventually the chocolate beans and then the packaging and and um then it just started evolving some of the shirts and it evolved after that into just general gift items and artist items we did a lot of artist items out here from the artists um on the island Mm -hmm. so yeah and then when you had started was had the um had he started the holiday house yet or is that later down the road? When I started, he had had one holiday house. Okay. And the second one, I started in October, and the second one was going to take place um, in whenever it started, November. Okay. So I had worked for about a month or so, and then there was the holiday gift shop, and it was downtown Stanwood. Yep. And I think in the Howie Glass building. Okay. And so that was the first first year I worked Mm -hmm. and then all the different artists and they had the little booths and things like that and got to do lots of baskets and lots of bows that year. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Put things together. So, okay. So then you got, when you were doing that, did you help get in touch with the artists and kind of line everything up or was that kind of already set in motion? That was already set up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. I, I was still too, too new to know too many of the artists at that time. So, okay. But, Got a better relationship with them later on, by far. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. So then you, um, how how much longer were you that uh, since you started? Did it? Um, were you guys in the barn as opposed to moving here to where Camino Commons is now? Well, I worked that one that winter mm-hmm. because I would work with my gloves and my mittens and, and my and my hat and everything in the barn until go in there when it was freezing cold until it warmed up. The coffee mm-hmm. roaster warmed up the building and then I could take my gloves and stuff off. So the one winter and then the next summer was when this complex here at the at the Camino Commons opened up. Okay. And um, we started in I think July. Okay. Yeah, it was an interesting start, as you well probably maybe not remember, but yeah. but you know we had to wear hard hats, yep, and all sorts of things in in the building, and then uh, wait, you had to wear them in the building? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that we had no. to wear it was supposedly hard hats. Because I have no idea, but we were wearing hard hats when we first for the, like the first two weeks. Had to have the big water tanker sitting out in the parking lot because it, things weren't. It was. It oh, was no. all. It was. It was. You know, but it worked out. Okay. Worked out for the best. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No, I remember like different aspects of being in the the green building now that it's now in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember starting like I would start doing work, um, 
I had started. I started working there pretty young, uh, or not pretty young. Uh, pretty soon after we had moved here into the the green building, but I was like fif- fourteen or fifteen, I think, when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Xander um, joined up not too much longer after that. And we started doing cleaning projects and stuff. Right. And doing coffee beans and yes. all sorts of things like that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so then did you work a lot of... <laughs> now you had finally gotten out of events and stuff like that with your other job. Then did you jump in and were you having to run a lot of the fair boots and stuff like that? Like work those? No, I didn't have to do a lot of fairs. I I did some close ones, but other than that, no, I didn't have to go and do a lot of the fairs. So I mainly stayed, I did the co- holiday house, and then I stayed uh, just roasting coffee. Okay. And then when when we got to the to the green building here on the, on the commons, then I did customer service. Oh, so I okay. Pretty, I pretty much, after we moved here, I stopped roasting coffee. Okay. And I went into to the office and I did all pulled the orders through, did the customer service, and then we evolved the gift shop to a larger area mm-hmm. out front and so I had more things to fill the you know, more more things to order to fill up the, the gift shop. Yeah. So And then were you also in charge of the espresso bar during that time? Like when he started getting that set up or was that under someone else's purview? Well, the only, I didn't man that. I mean, I, I worked that, I went over and I was taught how to make the the drinks, Mm -hmm. but there was several of us that knew how to make drinks for people. And then it was, it was, um, I kind of oversaw the, the, maybe the, um, purchasing of some of the items, but mm-hmm. not, not actually manning the people. So. Okay. Got it. Um, okay. And then, so you were, um, how long were you the, so I guess after we, you moved into the green building, you stopped roasting coffee, you started doing more cur- customer service. Were you still like, um, the manager of like the production side then? Yes, I did. As as things evolved and we got more people on, I did um, manage and and look after the production and order the supplies for the production mm-hmm. area at the coffee um, in the coffee roaster part. All of you know the bags and and the boxes and made sure that the tapes and all that sort of things, the bubble wrap, all that, I fell under my supervision okay so mm-hmm. okay um so then you were doing customer service and, and running that side of stuff then how did the what kind how was kind of the birth of the marketplace i know it kind of started with the the little gift shop we had in the front of the roaster but how did that i guess how did that whole conversation go because i kind of know how my dad operates and i'm curious how he kind of presented that idea to you so yeah well i was um I guess running out of room. I kept trying to evolve the area of the um, espresso area, the conference area, the room where you used to be able to have meetings. I took that over for for retail and then plus out front. And I kept saying, I, you know, if I had more room, I could do some so much more, mm-hmm. you know, product and and you know make it even more shoppable. And 
so there was the uh, building next door, the marketplace, yeah. just sitting there empty. And it was just kind of like so sad and staring at us. You know, we look out the window and there was that building. And one day your dad just came to me. He says, well, he says, what if I get the marketplace over there and, and you fill it and manage that, the retail and the coffee? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how can I do my other job? How can I do the customer service and and all of, you know, the ordering for the coffee end of it, the coffee roaster end of it? He says, well, you'd have to leave that. And I, and so I, I'm not one that really likes... A, I, I like changing the decor, but I don't <laughs> like changing, you know, life too much. So... I had to think about it, and I thought, well, this would be kind of fun. I could do, I get all my, sh- my, um, my hobbies that I like to shop so much for hobbies and, and spending. I could spend it on other products that wouldn't have to go in my house, so <laughs> I could take care of my little addiction that way. So I thought, this might be kind of fun. So I told him I would do that. And he didn't have to persuade me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I just said, well... I don't know if I want to be responsible for that much. And he says, oh, yeah, you can do it. So, you know, he's pretty persuasive <laughs> in, you know, in uplifting you. So yeah. So that's how it evolved. And, and I was just kind of sad, though, because all the people that I'd grown relationships to on the phone for all the Coffee Lover Club yeah. members, that I didn't get to talk to them anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for a while, it was kind of connected. Mm-hmm. They would would be able to call it the marketplace, and then the coffee roaster. We were kind of together, yeah, for maybe six months to a year. But then after that, it just got to be too much to have everything connected. We had to kind of have somebody just specially for the customer service over there, right? So right. So then, how did what? Like that's kind of a not kind of. It's a very big project to kind of start up a whole new department and everything. How did you kind of go about that? Well, I just went back to the different gift manufacturers that I knew from all the traveling across the nation. I knew there were certain gift manufacturers and I kind of wanted to do a, a more of a beach theme. And and then I, I knew that there were a lot of, at the time, young younger families out here. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of had a an idea that you know there was a a gift price point that I wanted to stay in and do more beach themes and things that that may be attractive to people um, that were coming through Camino and mm-hmm. there was nothing on Camino well there was there was Karen's kitchen shop okay yep and so you know I tried not to do exactly things that she had because she was already established. So yeah. I tried to just augment things that would complement what she had so that when people came out here for the day or if they didn't want to have to go into Stanwood or travel any further, that they could, you know, maybe buy a gift or a hostess gift for somebody or a little birthday present or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I went about it and and luckily, I knew of all the different gift manufacturers from my travels and my showroom stints in the, you know, 
back at Hearts and Flowers that I could could call on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did we ever carry stuff from Hearts and Flowers? No. It was, uh, at that time, it was already had shut down. Oh, okay. It had shut down by the time we got the marketplace up and going. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And then how did that, um, so then from the marketplace, did you ever kind of think that it would continue to grow in their direction and it, I don't know, I guess just get as big as it has today? No, I really didn't think it would evolve like that, but it, I mean, it has just, it's changed. Um, it's great to watch the progress because there's, you know, we have our, our customers that come in that are our regulars, Mm -hmm. but then all the people that have heard about it and they just come up for, um, a day and they, you know, with now with everything else that's in the marketplace as it has evolved, you know, with the bakery and the ice cream and, and just, you know, the coffee and all the different holiday gift shops, um, have caused more and more people to just make it a destination place to come and see and shop. So, yeah. so it's really great. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that it did work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well then how did, um, <clears throat> Because you've been, like, from your experience, you've been in the gift industry for so many years at this point. Um, and something that I've noticed, um, I mean, even in my short time working with you, um, but over the period of seeing it all happen, uh, you've continued to evolve your gift buying practices and, like, refine it and continue to, like, we continue to sell out of items and stuff like that on a regular basis. And so... How have you kind of continued to evolve like your gift buying habits and things like that so that they continually are appealing to to new customers and stuff or old customers? Well, I I don't know. It's just something that I, it's kind of intuitive to (laughs) me, really, to just, I don't know how to explain it. I kind of watch um, what, and look in, in magazines and books and just see kind of what's, what's up and coming and going on. And, um, and if I like it, then I will source out different things and put them, put them in, you know, if it's something that I want to buy, then that's usually kind of what I buy and put in there. And it usually goes. And, and I found that now, um, it's evolved into more clothing, Mm -hmm. which I never thought it it would, um, and clothing's tough because you you have a hard time getting the right size and the right color all the time and keeping that available. Mm-hmm. Uh, accessories are way easier than actual like dresses and and tops and t-shirts and sweatshirts and things because. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you know people say, well, can't you just order me up one? And well, <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have to get larger quantities, so you have to kind of, kind of, you know, kind of just judge by watching inventory um, and just kind of knowing your customers. You just have a feel for your customers as to once they they buy something, um, and once you put it in a, a store, there's kind of a little rule of thumb I go by. If if it's noticed right away and it starts it starts selling, mm-hmm. then that means it was a good, good purchase. Mm-hmm. 
and and then there's there's staple items that just are everyday staple items that people just want to keep coming back for. Mm-hmm. They they look for them, and if you don't have them, then they go well. Where where's that? Where's that little like? There's something that people have asked me about. Where's those little dish drainers that you used to have? That used to have the little crabs or the little starfish or? Oh yeah, those. I haven't ordered those lately, but maybe I should order those again yeah. because people remember yeah. different things that are are unique and you don't see them everywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, it's con- like I said, it's continued to evolve, and um, it, <laughs> I've I've. There are certain things that I know other people have, um, like different team members at times have suggested to try new items, and then um, I myself have tried a few different items, and they don't always go over well, or they they end up sitting there and stuff like that. So I know <laughs> it's like it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know I I don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't know if it's like I I think it must be in you know, intuition part, mm-hmm. just the feeling that I have by it. And I, maybe when the customers come through the door and I go, oh, have you seen this? Maybe, maybe, maybe that just me telling them and, and me liking it, maybe they, they like it too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't explain it. So uh, it's, well, maybe it's just luck. I don't think it's luck <laughs> if it's this long of a track record. <laughs> Otherwise, I have really bad luck. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. I, I mean, it's just been really, I mean, you're down to only two days a week now. Um, but it's just, it's great being able to learn from you and that you have all the history of from the roaster um, all the way to present day. And just, um, just you've experienced and seen so many different aspects of the, the both businesses, the coffee roaster and the marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. And so we really appreciate having you. Um, and that's a big part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast for this episode, cause it was our 50th episode. So it was kind of one of those milestone ones and I was right. like, um, trying to think of someone that would be a good person for that. That was special and like, well, iconic, I couldn't so. think of a better family to work for. So it's been a, it's been great, great. It's like working for a family instead of, and being part of a family instead of just working as a job. I've always just loved it. That's why I'm still here two days a week <laughs> at my age. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you still. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. So the first one is, do you have a lesser known or favorite location on Camino Island that you like to hang out? Just at my, at my house. Yeah. I guess you guys live That's on right. the beach, so we it, do. it works out. Yes, it does. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. have to go far. Don't have to go far, no. Um, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town to visit. Uh, what would their first day look like here? Well, I would definitely bring them down to the bakery to have one of those almond croissants. Mm-hmm. And then and coffee, of course. And then uh, I'd love to go down to the state park and go through the trail because mm-hmm. that's such a great trail down there. And then come back and and have um, stop off, maybe have a little ice cream cone on the way back to the house, and then sit at the house or go on our own little beach walk and and just look at all the boat traffic. Mm-hmm. It's just so peaceful here. It's hard to when you have somebody come um, from someplace else that maybe has been a big city or something. They just are in awe of you know just how peaceful and quiet and nice it is out here on Camino. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. It's something that um, I've said to many different guests, but it, it's something we kind of sometimes take for granted. And like the fact that we can actually get to points on Camino Island where you can't hear the cars and it's just quiet and you can just hear the ocean mm-hmm. or birds, you know. The and, birds, um, yeah. yeah. We have a lot of birds in our backyard and um, just all different kind of varieties. And we just love to watch them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Well, we kind of touched on this a little bit. I think you should talk to maybe Jack Dorsey. Yeah. I think he would be a great one to to talk to. I think he's got a lot of history here, and he knows a lot, and wonderful artists. So, yeah. 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 All right. And lastly, if you could have any message on a billboard on Camano Island right as you're driving up, what would that say? Come to this place. It's a little bit of heaven. (laughs) All right. Well, Christy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. All right. Thank you, Brandon, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Christy Santiford for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode or previous episodes, you can go to CaminoCommons.com slash EP50. That's CaminoCommons.com slash EP50. Thanks for listening and see you next time.